All right, 155 days. You are the ultimate jury and the events unfolding all weekend long. And even as we speak now in some cities like uh, one city in Maryland right now is having a protest going on. Um, it is mind numbing to me. You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about what happened to George Floyd and all the things that went wrong and how that should never, ever, 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 ever happen. Seven minutes, 55 seconds, knee on the neck, pinned to the pavement. You can't do it. It's a death sentence. Now, preliminary report, didn't die by asphyxiation. Our eyes do not deceive us in terms of the inappropriateness, the absolute lack of just any simple, basic, fundamental police training to go after the most vulnerable part of one person's body. That, you know, you if you go for somebody's neck, you're you're literally go. It's a danger zone. If it's a self defense move and your life is in jeopardy, that's a whole different story. And by the way, not for eight plus minutes. Um, so we see what's going on around the country. On the one hand, and stores robbed and looted, and fires set, and fights breaking out, and people attacked. We know that these other outside agitator groups. Occupy Wall Street, Antifa, or Antifa, as other people like to pronounce it, uh, up to their eyeballs involved in all of this. Oh, you even have Joe Biden's people on the radical left working to try and get the anarchists out of jail. Uh, Why? So they can continue to lead more of these protests? And what are we seeing in the aftermath of this? We're seeing the wreckage and the carnage left behind and, and dreams literally going up in fire and smoke and anarchy emerging. And I I have never seen such a pathetic, frankly, it is, it is borderline criminal in terms of the lack of urgent response by states and local mayors and cities. You know, we you get the whole list of all these cities, all these areas where all this is happening. And I'm like, here we go again. You know, what Donald Trump now can't win for losing because if Donald Trump races in with the National Guard, which, by the way, they he has to be asked uh, usually to send them in. And they did last night with great effect. It was a lot better last night in Minneapolis than it had been in, in prior nights. Uh, Andy McCarthy wrote a good piece. The president does have at his avail uh, the ability under the Constitution. The United States guarantees every state a republican former government protection against invasion on request of state government protection from domestic violence and furtherance of this provision now what has happened is unacceptable order has to come back and it's in some places it's probably now because they let it go so far and they didn't nip it in the bud it's it's now going to probably be that much more of a heavy lift uh look Everybody has spoken out. There's there's no, um, as I said all, towards the end of last week, there's no disagreement here. You know, the president was the first to act by saying uh, he wants to expedite the investigation that justice will be served. And he, he literally ordered the FBI, the Department of Justice, the, the Civil Rights Division within the Department of Justice to work in conjunction with local law uh, law enforcement you had a record speed in terms of firing the officers number one firing them not suspending them first for an inquiry nope they got fired 
and then the arrest of the officer that put the knee on George Floyd's neck. I mean, and and I everybody gets it. We all watched in horror. Uh, there is a anger that is built viewing the seven minute, 55 second tape uh, and then subsequent tape showing no resistance. Uh, I know there's a third tape out that shows there might have been some conflict on the other side of the car. Let's let's assume that happened. I I'm not necessarily agreeing with that yet. I haven't seen it. But if there was if the person's handcuffed, the person is either laid down body up. And you don't put their, your knee on their neck for any length of time, never mo- unless it is that fierce a life and death struggle. That might be a time. It's your only option. But that was not the case here. You had the guy's knee pinning his head to the pavement for that extended period of time, the neck being the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy. And as the president said, it is a grave tragedy that never should have happened. And Americans all over the country... It's it's pretty much unanimous in a country that pretty much, you know, is 50 50 disagrees on everything. Everyone's in full agreement here and that, you know, we watch the video with anger and grief. But that does not justify what's going on now. And what's going on now has nothing to do with the memory of George Floyd. What is going on now is, and maybe, well, maybe for some people, they're sincere in their protesting. But I'm talking about those burning and looting and breaking and setting ablaze cities all across the country. You got Minneapolis, you got New York City, you got Philadelphia, you got Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, Louisville, Kentucky, um, Boston, Indianapolis, San Francisco. You know, by the way, almost all, there are some exceptions, have been run for decades by Democratic governors and by Democratic mayors, etc., and unfortunately, the, the the their lack of understanding or appetite, the idea that you're going to pull back, dispersing a crowd when you speak to professionals, which I have interviewed my whole life, it is not fun work. It never is. Nobody wants to be in conflict with fellow citizens ever if you're in the police department. The 99% that want to protect and serve their communities and are willing to put their lives on the line every day to do it. It's a dangerous job. Uh, they, they have tools available that are non-lethal. If you have crowds forming, yep, you can use tear gas. You have crowds forming, yep, you can use pepper spray. They even have more powerful pepper sprays that kind of disperse in, a, in larger areas. That disperses the crowds. You have to create a perimeter and you got to enforce the perimeter. Once the National Guard went in, things got a little better last night and hopefully will start now happening all around the rest of the country. It's not going to be easy to, to start this, uh, stop this after it started, especially when you have those that are organizing, that are agitating themselves. But at, at the end of the day, it looks like, you know, the Insurre- Insurrection Act uh, came back around in 1807 That empowers a president to suppress in any state, any insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination or conspiracy. I think Andy McCarthy spelled it out as well as anybody. After Hurricane Katrina, the Insurrection Act was beefed up to enable presidents to respond to natural disasters and public health emergencies. But usually the process starts with state governors and mayors requesting the help of the National Guard um, you run into problems otherwise 
beyond the Insurrection Act with the Posse Comitatus statues, etc. We're not dealing with that here. This is to restore order. This is to protect the lives of innocent people. These protests you know, are putting innocent people's lives in danger. That's it. They have to be protected or else there is that that is utter anarchy beyond that. The idea that people's livelihoods are being burned before our eyes and they do nothing. I never thought I'd see a police precinct burned down right in front of our eyes. And, oh, the police just left and literally creating the largest perimeters possible, meaning that all that area within the perimeter now is vulnerable. If you're going to set up a curfew to stop the violence, you got to set it and you got to stick to it and then you got to enforce it. And I'm not saying that that's an easy job, but tear gas, these are all traditional methods that have been used when these situations arise. Pepper spray, it can be used. Is it ideal? No. And by the way, if you're in these areas, stay home. You don't want to be a part of this. Um, So those are the options. The president got on a call earlier today with governors from around the country, and he just he tore them up for all the right reasons and stated that, you know, they're not doing their jobs. If you're weak and most of you have been weak, he's quoted as saying. Now, a lot of the audio is, you know, beginning to leak to the press and they're sharing with social media. Second person on the call says uh, Trump's full comment was more of a warning, saying if governors didn't take action on the protesters, they'd look like fools. He urged them they've got to be in charge. They've got to dominate. We have all the men and women that you need, he said, but people aren't calling them up and you have to call them up. You have to, the governors have the ability to do it, and some of them are not doing it. And why they're not doing it, it is beyond any understanding that I have in my mind. And again, we go, this is now mostly, you're dealing with blue states. Now, you could talk about socioeconomic underlying factors also over years and years and years of failure, and a failure of our educational system and in, for example, many large metropolitan areas run by big governors, unholy alliance. I've said it for years with these governors, teachers, unions, etc. And they they resist the mysterious resistance on fixing schools. Yet we spend per capita more than any other country, industrialized country on the face of the earth with the worst results. We're not serving the, any child in America. We're all children of God. We're not serving them. By not bringing in the best out of them, education, a ducurate, Latin to bring forth from within, when you go into schools that have, they're not controlling the violence. I mean, that, that's how bad it gets in, in, in the lives of some people in some inner cities. You know, I've, I've always wondered, how is it we never, ever have gotten control of all of the shootings that take place in the, in the city of Chicago? Democratic mayors, Democratic governors. They haven't done a thing to stop the violence in Chicago. And you have record weekend after record weekend of violence in Chicago. Why don't they fix it? These, that's part of our American family. We have a duty to protect them. And it rarely even gets discussed. I think I'm the only person ever to run the names of all the people that have been shot and killed and scroll them in Chicago on television. You know, there's failures at a spect- It's an epic fail. Rudy Giuliani was on the show Friday night. Couldn't be more clear. First person throws a rock, arrested. Second person, arrested. 
Third person usually doesn't throw it because he knows or she knows they're going to be arrested. And you, look, the White House, I know we had Secret Service agents injured. If there is a breach at the White House, people there will die. There, there won't be any lives saved if there is any type of serious significant breach onto the White House property. They're not going to have a chance to get inside any room at the White House. So I urge people in D.C., those of you that are in the faith community, those of you that have any leadership position, get out among the crowd and try and encourage people to stop the violence. Protest all you want, but protest peacefully. That's not what we're seeing. And the longer you don't stop it, the worse it's going to get. And it's spreading like a cancer. It's, it's like a fire that's now spun out of control. Uh, oh, but you have Joe Biden's staff donating to group to pay bails to uh, get some of the anarchists out of jail. Okay, that's, that's always my strategy. Uh, but when you have society literally and people at risk and businesses at risk, livelihoods for families at risk post-corona, you got to protect the businesses, protect lives, protect the people of every city and the innocent people in these cities and protect the innocent businesses from being burned to the ground. And how, how you're not prepared for this is inexplicable to me. It is It should be part of every preparation of every single solitary police force. And I will say this, there's not enough training for these police officers. They get trained in the use of the firearm. Well, you don't want that as your one option. You want that as the last only option. You had no other choice option. And as we roll along, 800-941-SHAWN, you want to be a part of the program. Um, yeah, the Biden staff, Joe Biden, uh, the ever forgetful one, donating to a group that pays bail uh, for those that have been put in jail. Not sure what Van Jones is. Forget the KKK. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter America should fear. Okay. He says a lot of strange things. Uh, Minnesota mayor is giving masks to crowding rioters after warning in person person worship that that would be a public health disaster. Okay, and if you're going to put up or have some time a curfew, you might want to start doing something like enforcing it and having a plan to enforce it. And if you can't do it alone, call in the assistance that the president now has been offering for days and days and days. Um, it makes no sense at all. Uh, we have protested. I don't know if you saw what happened to the Lincoln Memorial, World War II Memorial, other national monuments. We saw the St. John's Church and what happened there, uh, which is beyond sad. Uh, a lot of different angles on this, but this is it, getting, controlling a crowd, dispersing a crowd is not that difficult. And if you need manpower, it's being offered to you. Take it. I would take it. Protect the perimeter. Protect innocent people. Even protect the protesters from themselves in many ways. That is how you that is how you deal when these moments happen. It's not the first time. Won't sadly I guess be the last time either this happens. You do it for all the right reasons, but you gotta get on top of it as quickly as possible. It's not brain surgery. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. And I know there was a preliminary uh, autopsy that said, and nothing is official, that uh, George Floyd did not die of asphyxiation. But uh, our friend, friend of the program, Dr. Uh, Baden, Michael Baden, 
uh, was hired for the family. Now George Floyd's family has released the independent autopsy showing that death was caused by asphyxia from sustained pressure. Oh, in that sense, Hannity was right again. I told you and all these people telling me that I was wrong, but it's I, I'm telling you, you're dealing with the most sensitive part of the human anatomy. If you if you Google, if you want martial artist uh, neck strikes, it is it is a very, very effective um, self-defense me- method. In other words, if you hit the carotid and you can just stop the flow of blood, just one quick shot doesn't even have to be full on force. But if you hit one full shot and you hit the right area, targeted strike, notice the emphasis on the word targeted, a person will drop to their knees and they might try standing up and fall down again because it goes directly to the blood flow right into the brain. And and that's only a half a second uh, uh, or, you know, one second stop of blood flow or maybe two seconds. And that's it. If you do what is called a rear naked choke. I know for those of you that don't love MMA like I do or train in martial arts, I'm, I'm a student of the arts. Everyone, well, he's, he's saying he's an expert. I'm not. A, I'm, it's going to take the rest of my life to learn all I want to learn about uh, the arts that, uh, that I'm studying. If you're interested, Krav Maga, Kempo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, situational street fighting, sticks, blades, firearms. I do it all. It's the way I work out because I don't really like to walk on a treadmill or run on a treadmill. I get bored stiff. Anyway, so uh, it was Dr. Michael Bodden who did the autopsy. He was hired by Floyd's family and concluding that the death was caused by asphyxia due to neck and back compression that led to a lack of blood flow to the brain, which is what I was saying in my mind. You could see it happening. You know, I, I, I always say the presumption of innocence. I always say not guilty, innocent until proven guilty. That always holds. And even in this case, this officer, there are other officers eventually that are indicted in this. They deserve their day in court. But our eyes still don't lie to us. You have to see what you see here. There's no ambiguity in that seven minute, 55 seconds of tape that they actually had. I'll tell you the worst part. Most people have not really looked to the very end. Linda, did you look at the end? By that point, he's unconscious. In my, in my opinion... One person's opinion, non-medical, just from the video. I think by that point he was gone. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's more than evident. I mean, you know, if we look at the video, it's it's clear that we lost him at that point and they continued to do what they were doing. Notice when they put him on the gurney, they're cradling this guy's head as because his, his neck it looks like if they if they didn't cradle it independently would have like dropped in a way that would have been you know, it would have shown you the amount of damage here. Uh, but anyway, Michael Bodden, one of two doctors hired by the Floyd family to conduct this independent review uh, after prosecutors preliminary report on the autopsy concluded the combined effects of being restrained, potential intoxicants and Floyd's system and his underlying health issues, heart disease likely contributed to the death. But the video of the officer on Mr. Floyd's neck for eight solid minutes before the, the death, uh, every, we, our eyes don't lie to us. I, I mean, everyone's saying to me, well, Hannity, you're always the guy we count on that will wait. I, I, I'm still that guy. That's why we were right in Ferguson. We were right in Florida. We were right in Baltimore. We were right with Cambridge. We were right with UVA. We were right with Duke Lacrosse. 
I was right early in my career with Richard Jewell. I don't rush to judgment. Eight solid straight minutes of videotape. There's nothing you can tell me that's going to change my mind or what my eyes are showing me with the knowledge that I have accumulated, especially in the last seven years, as it relates to self-defense and the arts, martial arts in particular. Um, now the question is, okay, we've got to now protect these cities. That's where we are at this point. This guy's been arrested, charged, murder in the third degree of manslaughter. What charges will be brought up, if any, on the others yet to be determined? My guess is there probably will be other people charged here. Um, not sure why uh, Joe Biden is, is apparently reaching out to some of the people that have been jailed his staff raising money for the rioters. Not sure why. Governor Cuomo in New York complaining the NYPD overreacted after these protests started in, in New York City, as we've also been watching. You know, we're watching, and again, not all, but the majority of these cities, Democratic-run cities, Democratic governors. And they, they don't seem to understand that if, on any level... They just don't seem to, they have, they're absolutely useless in moments of any type of crisis. And it's, it's frustrating. Um, anyway, so now you have Cuomo and de Blasio fighting it out again, saying that the NYPD and their misconduct, that, look, when you have a situation where there's a direct confrontation with police and police push back or police use pepper spray, or if there is an, res uh, an arrest, especially one where someone is resisting, all of it now is going to be on videotape. As a matter of fact, the time has long come and gone, and we've said this for years, for cops to wear a cam at all times. This way we can get a more accurate, cause, and, and it, maybe through no fault of people's own, in, in the midst of any type of high-tension event, you might not remember things clearly. It's for everybody's best interest to make this mandatory. I'm sorry, Linda, you're speaking in my ear. What? Okay, look at my text. I will stop what I'm doing, and I will look at my text. Hang on. You told okay. me not to talk in your ear, so I texted okay, you. But, all right, you got the point. We'll talk later. Um, all right, de Blasio's daughter, comrade de Blasio, you know, he was busy pretending to be outraged over what happened this weekend. Uh, his 25-year-old daughter... Uh, apparently he's claiming and insisting was peacefully protesting, not doing anything that would provoke a negative response. Okay, that's what they're saying. We'll see in the end how that ends, ends up. You have also the targeting of St. John's Church. Wow. How many presidents have gone to that one church? Anti-cop rioters target St. Pat Patrick's Cathedral. You know, writing the F word, the F word in red letters on an adjacent wall. BLM, Black Lives Matter, along with... NYPDK in red letters and no justice, no peace. Uh, the attorney general announcing Ant uh, Antifa, or the way the media likes to say Antifa, uh, that they are uh, having a full-fledged investigation into that, the individuals associated, the, the leaders in all of this. Um, you had one Ivy League law professor arrested for attempting to firebomb a police car. Wow. Ivy League educated lawyer, member of the Brooklyn Community Board, was among those arrested for hurling a Molotov cocktail at an NYPD vehicle. Uh, oh, then you got uh, Keith Ellison is out there. We have pictures of him supporting 
Antifa, um, leading a, you know, now leading the the prosecution in the murder case of George Floyd. Remember, he's the attorney general in Minnesota, not somebody I trust. And his voice, he, him and his son have both voiced support for Antifa. Okay, I would say he needs to recuse himself. George Floyd's family arranging for this autopsy. Uh, there is some new evidence. This was in the New York Post that emerged over the weekend showing the officers apparently struggling to control George Floyd in the back of the patrol car in the moments before he was pinned on the pavement. Okay, let's assume that is what the right interpretation of it is. I haven't seen it myself yet. But if that is it, at that moment, once somebody's not resisting, he wasn't resisting for most of the eight minutes. That, that's it. The fight is over. It's done. And they're handcuffed. And he was handcuffed. All right, this is uh, Michael Bodden speaking here. Let's listen in. Parts at the scene. Much time in most homicide cases is, uh, relates to reconstructing the, the scene. Detectives going out and interviewing people, all kinds of forensic science uh, uh, work, picking up trace evidence. In this instance, the video tells you what the scene is. The video is real. The multiple videos are real. And those multiple videos show pressure that can cause death and his calling out, like Eric Garner, but also including calling out for his mother, who had been dead for three years. None of this caused a release of the pressure. And that is very disturbing. Now. What was the question? The abrasions to his <laughs> Thank you. There were, abra there were rough abrasions around the left eye and the left cheek and a little bit in the front of the, uh, on the nose and mouth areas that are due, as we can see in the video, to the left side of his face being rubbed against the pavement while the left knee of the officer is squeezing down on the left side of the neck, which would be, the, the neck is a small area with many vital organs, arteries, veins, nerves, and the windpipe, all of which are compressed with the knee uh, activity as seen on the video, so that the abrasions on the side of the neck and the nose and a, would also indicate that a a component of the interference with breathing uh, could be, uh, it was also some pressures that were placed on the nose and mouth. And uh, these are also very painful kinds of scrape marks. There was also severe scrape marks on the back of his left shoulder, which is part of the activity that was uh, uh, causing him uh, to uh, rub against his knee, the officer's knee as well as the face being on the ground. And that w that, those occurred while he was uh, still alive and breathing. And is that evidence of pressure? That is evidence of severe pressure on the face. The large areas of, of uh, scraping abrasions on the face in particular, the left side of the face, which is evidence of his face being rubbed severely against the ground. Thank you. 
What Dr. Bodden said is also very important for the prior question of the criminal charges because what was happening on that video um, is, is extremely important because when, when, when the brave young man that you're going to hear from tomorrow was trying to uh, attempt life-saving um, statements to the police officers or when George Floyd was calling out that he can't breathe or for his mother, you could see, at least from one of the angles, the, the first angle that was released, that Officer Chauvin was readjusting his knee in order to further compress that tight area of the neck. That is an expression of knowledge. That taunt of readjusting his knee in order to further compress the airway and hold him down with that sustained pressure is evidence of criminal conduct. Liz Navratil from the Star Tribune asks the doctors if your autopsy found any evidence of the heart disease or other underlying conditions. For our stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network, we're going to stay with this. Uh, the family hired independent uh, an independent autopsy led by Dr. Michael Bodden, friend of the program. He will be on Hannity tonight. He may be calling into this program later in the show today. Uh, and let's go back to the press conference. We will be dropping our usual break stations along the network, uh, obviously make their own decisions. We'll continue. Of the heart disease or other underlying conditions. Dr. Bodden or Dr. Wilson? As I've mentioned previously, um, certain parts of the organs have been retained by the original pathologist. In the sections that we have and in the specimens that we examine, there is no significant underlying disease of the heart. The sections of the vessels um, that we examined were clear of atherosclerosis. Um, the sections that have been retained, we will examine once they can be available, made available to us. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, I just, I'd just like to, to add on in my coronavirus uh, uh, susceptible age group that I wish I had the same coronary arteries that uh, Mr. Floyd had that we saw at the autopsy. Thank you for putting that in context for us, Dr. Bodden. <laughs> Yamichi at PBS NewsHour asks, can the doctors determine at this time how long it took Mr. Floyd to die? Yeah. I counted, I counted the, uh, the video. From the time the video started, which was a few seconds apparently after uh, uh, Mr. Floyd was pushed on the ground and the uh, knee put on the neck, counts about three minutes and 50 seconds between the time he's on the ground and the time he becomes motionless. At a time when the uh, uh, passers-by, the persons, the, the civilians who were watching and photographing, yelled out that he was dying, that he was lifeless, that he should be permitted to get up, that he's, that he's dying, that he's gonna be dead. From the, the moment, uh, three minutes and uh, plus seconds, uh, he was motionless. He had no evidence of breathing, of uh, struggling, and remained that way 
for another four or five minutes with the knee on his neck until the EMS people arrived and found he had no pulse, he had a cardiac arrest. They tried CPR, they tried uh, shock to the heart, nothing worked and he did not recover. He, in my opinion, he died. He was dead after about four or five minutes. He was pronounced dead sometime later when he gets to a hospital. A person's alive in this country until a proper physician, usually a physician, pronounces him dead. But he was, he appears to be dead very, before the EMT people get there, certainly. And it's, it's important to note the two EM, EMT it's important to note that the two EMT members, once they got to the scene, they had Lucas device working on an unresponsive, postless male. They concluded in the ambulance, they performed post checks several times, finding none and delivered one shock by their monitor, the patient's condition did not change. He remained unresponsive and pulseless. And that's why I said the ambulance that we see arrive on the scene was George Wilson's hearse. I'm sorry. The ambulance that we see arrive on the scene was George Floyd's hearse. Question from Andrew Tangle from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, do the medical examiner's results um, differ in professional opinion from the county medical examiner, or is that information you don't have yet? At this time, autopsy results will continue our coverage. Review the actual preliminary report from the medical examiner who performed the autopsy. We have seen accounts from the complaint, um, and based on that, yes, our findings do differ. Some of the information I read from that complaint um, state that there was no evidence of traumatic asphyxia. This is the point in which we do disagree that there is evidence in this case of mechanical or traumatic asphyxia. Thank you, Dr. Wilson, for explaining that. Next question. Oh, Dr. Bobby. I don't always hear the question. Okay. If you could speak louder with the questions. Reporting now, we're continuing our coverage. The autopsy results independent, conflicting with the initial autopsy reports released by the city, which makes this really bad. And now that needs to be investigated. Let's go back to the audio. Thank you all. We will continue to keep you informed as we continue to move forward to getting justice for George Floyd. Thank you and God bless. And let's remember to take a breath, America. Let's take a breath for George. Let's take a breath for peace. Let's take a breath 
for justice, and let's take a breath to heal our country. Thank you. I want to get straight to some analysis. All right, that was the independent uh, autopsy results. That differs with the preliminary results that had been put out uh, publicly by the city. Well, we, they have now some explaining to do as well. I, it did, Linda, didn't I say to you earlier? I said, this does not make sense. I'm not you buying didn't. this. You know, my eyes don't deceive me. Uh, you've been around me and Sensei enough to know where this is what we do every day. And you sit there and look at me like I'm a lunatic. Um, but this is the type of stuff that we do every day. And that amount of pressure, that's sustained period of time. Baden, I kept saying, I can't believe he lived as long as he did with that amount of pressure and his head pinned to the ground. Now, for those that have been saying, well, it didn't look like he was putting much pressure on. Well, what about the abrasions on his face? Well, it's because his face was pushed that hard into the pavement. That's what I was saying. All right, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. The president laying into weak governors for not doing their jobs. And he's right because he's been offering help. Finally sent the National Guard to Minnesota, Minneapolis uh, last night. Things got dramatically better. This is now within his jurisdiction. Or he says I, he will have to take over. And he has the legal means to do that per the Insurrection Act, which allows a president, empowers a president to suppress in any state, any insurrection, domestic violence, unlawful combination or conspiracy. And that would be what we call his job. Now, we have the independent autopsy results, which we just played. Uh, part of it done by Dr. Michael Bodden, who's been a friend of this program for years. He'll be on Hannity tonight. He said he's going to try and call into the radio show, maybe within the next, with this hour. And if he does, uh, we'll bring that to you. Uh, but just the opposite of the initial findings, which I told you it was not going to come out that way. Um, we also have on some other news, um, this tape has emerged of George Floyd himself. And George Floyd is discovering young people from being involved in, in violence, specifically gun violence. Let's listen. Our young generation is clearly lost, man. Clearly lost, man. Like, like. I don't even know what to say no more, man. Like, you youngsters just going around, just busting guns in crowds, kids getting killed, you know, and it's clearly the generation after us, man, that's so lost, man. You know, man, I came back to Houston and the told me, yeah, Floyd, that young truth, man, right there, because he could bust a gun. Man, I knew it was crazy then. My age saying this here, man, you know what I'm saying? And condoning this, bro, you know what I'm saying? And like, half them young shooting them guns, go home and they knees shaking at night. But they don't show it to nobody because, you know, they ain't tough then. Hey, man, come on home, man. One day it's going to be you and God. You're going up or you're going down. That was uh, the words of George Floyd. Uh, here to uh, help discuss, you know, now we're at a point. This is justice is now working. It's working in record time. It is the investigation into other officers, potential charges with them might be forthcoming. Uh, president led the way calling for expedited invest an expedited investigation by the FBI, the DOJ, the DOJ Civil Rights Division in conjunction with local law enforcement. And within four days, the officer with the knee on the neck has been arrested and charged with third degree, I'm sorry, third degree murder and manslaughter charges. Uh, now, the question is, with all the rioting, 
all the risk to individuals' lives that comes with that, the lack of any preparation or plan by governors and mayors to do anything to protect people and property, uh, that is now the phase we're at now. Because when these stores are burned down and looted, many are not coming back. And now you're altering forever the lives of people whose jobs are going to be lost, whose communities will no longer have access to uh, services that they depend on. Anyway, evangelist Dr. Alveda King is with us. Uh, as riots spread across the U.S., she said to heed the words of my uncle Martin Luther King Jr. to end violence and racism. Uh, our 2020 correspondent on the ground, personal friend, if I'm allowed to say, as are all these guests, uh, Dr. King as well, Lawrence Jones. We call him LJ. What's happening, LJ? Good to see you. Uh, or hear you. Pastor Robert Jeffers. Uh, he is part of a 14,000-member First Baptist Church in, in Dallas. I had the honor of being invited down there once. I think I cursed at the pulpit. Oops, I slipped. Uh, author of Praying for America. Uh, asking and encouraging people to spend 40 days asking God to do his will and to bless America. Well, those are words we can uh, listen to. Uh, Dr. King, it's great to have you back. I've been watching you on TV, pleading with people for calm. Right now it's not working. There's no police presence to protect innocent people and property. Your thoughts? Sean, and this is your sister, Alvita, to you and my brothers who are joining you and you are just absolutely so right. My uncle was nonviolent, even though he said that violence is a language of the unheard. However, I encourage you to make your voices known, but do it nonviolently. See, they didn't even print the whole sentence when they quote Martin Luther King Jr. there. He was for nonviolence. Sean, you know Atlanta, the city too busy to hate, the phoenix that rises up out of the ashes, our mayor went mama bear on them and told them to go home. And do you know what they did? They dropped some of their anger and went home. They actually did. So even though you still see these rioters and looters, they're not protesters. Rioters and looters out, those numbers are getting smaller. And I thank the president for being tough. You can be tough. And you can do that and get your community back. You still have compassion for the needy and those who need help. But we have to be tough. And we're one blood. We all bleed the same. Martin Luther King Jr. said we may have come over on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. So oh, I believe in one God, together. one creator of everybody yes. and everything, right? Yes. You know, as Joe, or as one Joe Biden says, yes. Yes. as Joe Biden says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, he adds, women are created equal, endowed by the, oh, the thing, you know, the thing. Uh, Joe, that's the creator of everything, that God oh that created God. everybody. Oh, my goodness. I know. Can you believe it? Uh, all right. Let me bring in LJ, uh, Lawrence Jones, our correspondent on the ground. Yeah. We have sent Lawrence all over this country, mm-hmm. and he spends a lot of time talking to the, the people that do make this country great all the time. Mm-hmm. And you're watching this unfold as we all are. And, you know, we made a call the other night. We were going to send you into one of these areas, maybe not a good idea at this point. Yeah, Sean, and it's, it's hard for me because I'm so used to being in the thick of things and reporting on the ground. I, you know this, one of the reasons why you send me out there is because I love people, and I love hearing their concerns and trying to get to a solution. 
And it's just heartbreaking to see a case that is so clear-cut um, to now have outside people trying to leverage it for their own gain. And I'm talking about the anti for the bad actors. You know, the president gave a speech the other day, and he said, I'm an ally of you guys on the ground. I stand with you. And I know the majority of you guys are peaceful. He said that in a speech. But these people that are on the ground, these Antifa people that I've seen for years, and how do you know this, LJ? Because I go to all the protests. I see the same people there. I see them directing. Uh, and there's a, a big machine behind these people that are on the ground. Sean, I was watching a video earlier today. One of my sources sent me. And you literally see one of the protesters tell the Antifa people to stop. Stop. you got to get us killed. And he looks back at her, a black woman, and says, they're going to kill you anyway. That is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that have their own agenda, um, and they don't want justice. They want their anarchy. That's what they want, straight-up anarchy. It's in the book, and they want to accomplish that. But it's also hard for me, Sean, because I do understand the peaceful protesters' pain. And it's not just about George Floyd. It's about people like Tim Scott and me that have had our own experiences and simply just want justice. Minneapolis has a history of corruption, Sean. The fact that we had an autopsy report that was so disgusting, Sean, we knew that wasn't the real story. You said it on your program. We knew when an independent autopsy came out that we were going to see a different tune. You know, the current police chief, who loves his law enforcement officers, who also loves his family, sued his own police department at one time. So Unbelievable. there's a track record, and they, we got to clean it up. we got to go. The majority of officers, Sean, as I always say, go out there. They do their job. I've seen cops crying with families during this week, Sean. In Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, the sheriff, Swanson, is marching. Put his baton down and said, I am with you. I will march with you and still keep you safe. Those are the cops I know. Those are the ones that I remember. And those are the ones that we need to support. The bad apples, we got to get them out of here. The worst part of the preliminary report, and I didn't believe it. I, uh, I'll never forget an incident. I don't think LJ will forget it either, Lawrence Jones. Um, and he has two wonderful parents. And his mom happens to be a preacher, too. Um, and we were in New Hampshire and I gave, what was the, what was the thousand dollar challenge? Was it $5,000 challenge? Oh, here we go. Here we no, go. no, no. Yeah. Well, but this is why I knew it was total BS. And yeah, yeah. what we did, I did a demonstration with my sensei called pain day. And then I said, right. okay, how much did I offer you? Do you remember? It was like a thousand or so. Right. And I said, okay, now you do it. And what did you do? I said, uh, I, oh, when I hit you or when you say you offered me? No, you had a little density to your punch. I took it easy. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but the, you, ate, you, you did eat the punch. I did, but you didn't eat, you didn't want to go anywhere near. But this is, but you know the level of training I have. You right, know right. a targeted strike to the neck, Lawrence, is a death sentence and for Correct. a sustained period of time. Rear naked choke, I can drop you in 15 seconds. If I, well, if, well, sure. if I strike, if it's a perfectly... If it's a perfectly targeted strike, I can drop you with one strike because of the neck area being that sensitive. Let me bring in, though, uh, Pastor yeah. Jeffress. Pastor, uh, you know, we got to be together here. 
This is where what, you know, the president ends his rallies, one glorious nation under God, one united American family. We are all, we are one united American family, all races created by the same God, the book you read and believe in and, and uh, Dr. King believes in and, and Lawrence Jones and his mom and dad believe in, and I believe it's the same book and it's the same same God that creates us all. That's right. And look, uh, Sean, we've got to speak truth, and we can't be muzzled by political correctness, especially those of us who are faith leaders. We need to say without apology, yes, God hates racism. To hate a man because of the color of his skin is to hate the God who gave him the color of his skin. But, Sean, we have to say equally that God hates lawlessness. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 4, sin is lawlessness, period. And God hates what is happening in our cities. I mean, you know our church. You've been here. We're in downtown Dallas. We've been vandalized the last two nights by these rioters. Police say 50% of those arrested have come from outside of Dallas. We were just told they're gathering again outside uh, to protest again. God absolutely hates this, and it's time for men and women of God to stand up and tell the truth about this. Well, I think we could all say amen to that. Dr. King, I heard you weighing in. Absolutely. Now, I'm saying we're one human race. We're not separate races. We're separate ethnic communities. We came from different parts of the world here to found America together. And because of that, we have the ability to be brothers and sisters. We must be nonviolent. And all of us on this phone, we are brothers. You are my brothers. I'm your sister. We are in Christ, people of faith, and that's an. By the way, I'm your annoying brother, though, Alvita. We've been friends too long. You, you know, I'm the annoying troublemaker brother. I have to apologize. Somebody told me I could be pretty tough, but I don't have anything (laughs) on Sean Hannity. I have to admit, they were right, Sean. Uh, They were right. All right, I'm gonna let. Listen, I, I hope all of our prayers are answered. Let's protect the people in American cities. Let's protect the businesses in American cities. Let's yes. let's let this is this is one of these moments where this is not Republican Democrat at all. This isn't liberal conservative at all. Universal agreement that never should have happened. That was preventable. This man should yes. be alive today. Uh, That's universal. So let's start there. Now let's agree this should be universal. Protect our cities. Protect the people. Protect our property and, and people's businesses. That's the next step. And they got to get tougher. We know how to disperse crowds and do it in in as least violent way as possible. All right? Thank you all. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, uh, we're going to take some calls in the next half hour. I have other news that I want to share with you about this. Um, In the meantime, let's say hi to Alan is in Wisconsin. Alan, how are you? Glad you called, sir. I'm doing very well. Long-time listener, first-time caller. And I'm just uh, getting a little fed up with the fact that you've got a small group of people inciting a larger group of people into doing things most of these people wouldn't do normally. And I'm just I'm getting to the point, and a lot of people in my, my age group are to the point where if law enforcement is not going to step in and handle what they need to because they're so worried about their public image that the normal American citizen, shop owner, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what, what skin color you are, if your property is being destroyed 
by a mob, it's going to come to the point where you're going to have two major clashes, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, My brother was a was a sheriff and was killed in 2010 by a suspect that was in an altercation with another suspect. My brother sat the two apart, and when he turned his back to get a statement, was stabbed in the neck and killed. Now, I'm not saying that justifies anything, but the simple fact is is that you have got these small pockets of individuals causing a lot of problems, and when are we going to deal with them? Well, if we look, a lot of it I can get into and it is, you know, decades of horrific governance that creates societal problems in ways. But we'll get to your calls coming up next. Um, socioeconomic factors, but nothing justifies this. You got to protect everybody. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Our friend Ami Horowitz has been in Minneapolis is going to give us his report from on the ground and everything that we've been watching sadly unfold. Um, It is an epic, spectacular fail. It's a failure of the moment. It is a failure of generations of, again, in most of these cities where we see this happening, generations and decades of liberal democratic rule that never solved fundamental although they made a lot of promises didn't they when they're running for office they they promise the moon don't they but this has been socio-economic educational failure at a spectacular level just like we saw you know with the covid response blue state governors and mayors they're the dumbest people that made the dumbest decisions you know how can a city like new york and a state not like new york You know, when you have 11 million people in a tiny island, the smallest geographical area with the largest concentration of people, why not listen to your health officials and the millions and millions and millions that you spend on uh, what do we need to do if this pandemic happens? Pandemics are predictable. Well, you should buy 15,783 ventilators. How many they buy? None. For the city of New York alone, how many should they buy? 10,000. 10, uh, 10, how many they have? None. And then they say, then they blame Donald Trump. Well, Trump got them all the ventilators they needed. Wasn't easy, but he did it. How could you not prepare for after Occupy Wall Street, after, you know, all these other incidents that have occurred in, in Ferguson and, and elsewhere, How could you not be prepared? What is the possible explanation for not being prepared for violence? Just like you, you know, New York would be a top terror target in the entire world. You know, you have, you know, these groups, radical left wing groups like Antifa. Well, some say Antifa, Antifa or Occupy Wall Street. How could you not have better plans? How do you let them burn down a a police station? How do you let people get out of control and start looting and burning down your city and not have a plan for that. This is the job of governors. You know, states have their own guard available to them. They can make that decision. They should have seen it coming, or at least day two, you're ready. Day one, you might have, they might have caught you by surprise. But even then, you should have intelligence telling you this is going to happen. 
And and then, oh, Joe Biden's campaign, they're geniuses, the same ones that wouldn't have put the travel ban or quarantine or subsequent travel bans in effect because they're racist, xenophobic and hysterical. Now they're just we have radical Joe. The forgetful one is team now is, you know, literally paying to get some of these anarchists out of jail. And I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? President designated Antifa as a terrorist organization this weekend and you know, and announced it on a tweet. This this is about safety and security and the, the lives of people in the cities that you are supposed to protect. And what happens post when when all of this comes to an end? What's going to happen then when people that are disabled or elderly, when they need to get to a store and all the stores in their neighborhood are burned out? What happens to them after all of this? You know, fundamentally, there has been a fundamental failure. These policies don't work. You know, how is it we spend more per capita on education than any other industrialized nation in the world? And we're like 37th. You have to work hard to fail at that ridiculous level. Why? Again, it's all about politics. It's an unholy alliance with teachers unions that raise money to elect more Democrats. You know, what, what do you think the aftermath of between COVID and what's going on in New York? What do you think the aftermath is? People are going to say the hell with this. I'm getting out of here. Now, there's also other cities, smaller cities all across the country. They've been been through this at all. We know about Antifa. We know what they're capable of. We've watched them over the years uh, and 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 the damage that they have been involved in and stirring up, you know, tensions among people. Dispersing crowds is never fun to do. You know, just like if any arrest where there's any level of resistance at all is never going to look good ever on on a videotape. It's not. I want every cop with a camera, a body cam. I want, you know, police cruiser cams, you know, but you got to go back to what do we learn in Ferguson? Well, we had the video of people in Ferguson committing crimes. We had them committing crimes. We have their identities because they're on videotape. Did we go back and arrest them all? Nope. Did we do it in Baltimore? Nope. You know, how is it that this and the mob, they, they fuel, the, the mob is so irresponsible. Because what did they do? They went with the whole phony narrative. Hands up, don't shoot. You know, look at Nicholas Sandman. Turned out the kid did nothing wrong. But in, they get a snippet, 10, 15 seconds of a tape. This kid has called every name in the book. Now, he'll end up being a billionaire. But what about the psychology of having to live your life, you know, having been been just crucified in the news media? You know, guys like me, I signed up to get the crap kicked out of me. I give out opinions four hours a day. I'm going to get the crap beat out of me. I don't care because I have an obligation to do what they're too lazy to do. They wouldn't vet Obama because they like his politics. We did it all. We're criticized for that. They didn't do anything on the deep state. You got to protect your cities. When you're talking about dispersing a crowd, you have a perimeter. Perimeter's got to be small. You may need multiple perimeters. You got to be prepared for that. You got to be prepared to, you know, you've got to ask a president for the National Guard. But now the president rightly is now saying, I I, got to do it on my own. Because you people are pathetic. Just like he pretty much did it alone 
you know, the fastest, largest medical mobilization in history. Builds the hospitals, mans the hospitals, converts the hospitals to COVID capability, provides the ventilators, the masks, the gowns, the gloves, the shields, etc. The respirators. Do you get credit? No. We got people like Cuomo who rejects his own health care task force uh, forces suggestion to buy 15,783 ventilators. Blame Trump. Now we have them going around the, the, the White House. If there's a breach there, you're protecting the president of the United States. That will end. That will end in the worst way. Community leaders in D.C., please go to these areas and reach out to those members of the community and appeal to them. If you are a leader, this is a moment where leadership matters. You have an opportunity here to help protect people, which, by the way, they have the right to peacefully protest. We're not going to ever take that right away from them. You know, by the way, you've got the attorney general in Minnesota's a guy by the name of Keith Ellison. He and his son have already declared officially their support for Antifa. Wow. Van Jones, fake news, CNN. We are one more video tape away from cities going up in flames. I don't know. Uh, Van, you might want to take a look. Been a lot, a lot of fires around the country over the last number of, of days. You know, we have these incidents in New York. You can see this building, this this antipathy, this hatred, this contempt that exists for police officers. OK, fine. Uh, people can have their own points of view. But used, it never used to be that you got to throw stuff at cops and and douse them with buckets of water and destroy their police cars and have the video of it all and then never arrest anybody. It's unbelievable. Let's see at Amazon. They're standing in solidarity in the fight against systemic racism. One of the things I got to remind everybody. There is no there is universal outrage here. About what has happened now, the city in Minnesota, now they're going to have to explain why is it their autopsy was so wrong? Because it sounds like a cover up to me. Because I trust implicitly Dr. Michael Biden. I've known him for, for two decades. He's he is a total, complete professional. Same group, other groups, Black Lives Matters. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. I'm pro-life. Infanticide can't happen. You let the baby be born and then, you know, then we'll make the baby comfortable. Well, I'm, 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 are you kidding me? And the media, oh, this is not a riot. We refuse to call these riots. We refuse to call them looters. That would be called telling the truth. But the media has an agenda. And anyway, oh, and blame Trump for everything. No, this is not Donald Trump's fault. Donald Trump will come in again to fix the mess because they're not doing their job. You disperse crowds. It's not brain surgery. It's not pretty, but it's not brain surgery. You have very small perimeters. You enforce curfews. Somebody throws a rock, Molotov cocktail. They get arrested, identified and arrested. All the people looting, you ought to have people going through the videotape and arrest them all. You got you know, you got St. John's Church you know, set ablaze. You got a historic Minneapolis restaurant burned down by rioters just before, you know, days before reopening. Okay. All the waiters, cooks, busboys, um, you know, bartenders, they're not going back to work. They've been looking forward to going back to work. 
You, uh, we have an NYU trained lawyer accused now as on FoxNews.com, I saw this, of hurling a Molotov cocktail. You know, you have luxury stores in New York City, literally now, overnight, broken into. Is that really protesting the what, what happened to George Floyd? No, it's not. Does it have anything to do with it? Nope. You know, and the, and the attorney general's right. Antifa violence is domestic terrorism, and it should and will be treated accordingly. You know, new videotape did show the police tr- forcing him out of the car. I'm not sure why. That was before they, they he necked. Why didn't they leave him in there? Now, if he was resisting or banging his head and doing something unsafe, that'll come out. But that still will never justify the eight minute of tape with his with. And now, according to Baden and the family autopsy. You know, I watch my, you know, some of my colleagues in the media, you know, I don't as much as I hate CNN, you can't be attacking news people that are out doing their job. Now they're arresting news people for doing their job. Their priorities are that screwed up. And then the crowds are turning on certain reporters. Can't have that either. We've got to have a free press in this country. You know, a lot of cops are showing trying to show solidarity uh, with them because there's no cop that I know. I'm friends with a lot of cops. Anyone that's listened to this program any length of time knows how much respect I have for law enforcement. Oh, and Susan Rice is claiming, remember, she lied on five Sunday shows, that the Russians could be behind all of this. Well, Susan, you should have listened to Devin Nunes in 2014 and prevented the Russians from interfering in 2016 and your friend Hillary Clinton from buying a dirty Russian dossier with Russian misinformation in it. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about that. And when, you know, you look at the cities, it's all over the country. A lot of these cities, most of them, Minneapolis, New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., D.C., Baltimore, Memphis, I believe, uh, Boston, San Francisco, you know, they're, they're all liberal cities. It's, you know, do your job, protect your citizens. And while you're at it, fix your schools. And while you're at it, you know, try and get the violence stopped in Chicago. Hasn't happened in decades. How do we let this happen? Weekend after weekend, weekend after, people don't even talk about it anymore. But yet people are shot and people are dying. Well, that needs to stop. If every life matters, stop. And the answer isn't taking guns away from law-abiding citizens. That's where the left goes. No, that's not it at all. Rudy Giuliani was hated, hated by the New York Toilet Paper Times. He was, he was sued by the New York Civil Liberties Union constantly in court. But he got New York City, and he started stop and frisk, and he saved lives, a lot of lives in minority neighborhoods. When the crime rate goes from, what, 2,500 or whatever, you know, down to 300. Those are real people, real lives, part of our real American family. But nobody wants to make the call. Well, then, if you don't do your job, then this is never going to stop. So now it's gotten harder because people are emboldened. Once you have the police president present, once you have the reinforcements present, once you surround a small perimeter, once you enforce what are curfews temporarily once you use the the tools of a dispersing a crowd tear gas pepper spray historically they work then this is going to end and you'll save lives and you'll save businesses and you'll save communities 
terms of the long-term socioeconomic issues that I have, I have pointed out, these cities have failed. You, you couldn't try and fail as much as they have. And they have not served the people well at all for decades. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. It's real bogus. They got to get it right. I mean, otherwise, this was going to happen. And ain't nothing left here. So when we start coming to the suburbs, when we come to the government center, then what y'all going to do? You see what I'm saying? So, hey, that's just what's going to happen, you know? Hey, f- the police. It's your boy Punta Kente. Hey, we out I just want to tell y'all niggas. This is strike three. It's already happened. The first time, it should have happened. The second time, it should have happened. The third time, it's out. Now we go in the Thomas house, and we're going to choke that too. We're going to fuck it all up. Matter of fact, we got a two-for-one rule, One of ours, two of yours. Innocent motherfucking time. Because y'all bitches don't want none. There's more of us than you, What's up? Exactly. We coming for y'all niggas. This is only the beginning, motherfucker. What's up? Huh? Exactly. We speechless. Because next time, this is your motherfucking house out there in Oakville. You, you don't live here. But we coming to your house right now. Don't cut my face. So if I'm not over here wilding out, if I'm not over here blowing up stuff, come on. If I'm not over here messing up my community, come on. Then what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Y'all doing nothing. Because that's not gonna bring my brother back at all. It may feel good for the moment, just like when you drink. But when it comes down, you're gonna wonder, you're gonna wonder what you did. That's right. My family is a peaceful family. My family is God-fearing. Amen. Yeah, we upset. But we're not going to take it. We're not going to be repetitious. In every case of police brutality, the same thing has been happening. Y'all protest. Y'all destroy stuff. And if they don't move, you know why they don't move? Because it's not their stuff, it's our stuff. So they want us to destroy our stuff. Justice on the right. Peace on the left. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I want to see. Peace on the left. Peace on the right. Peace on the left. Peace on the left. Peace on the left. That's what I'm talking about. That last cut is of George Floyd's brother, Terrence. Um, Before that, some of the 
the sounds of what we've been uh, now witnessing night after night after night. Uh, I reiterate part of the news president on the line with governors saying you've got to control your cities. You're being weak. You're I mean, we saw it on the first night when they they burned down the the uh, police precinct. You can't allow people that are rioting to burn down police stations and loot with abandon. And this does no justice to the memory of George Floyd whatsoever. Uh, there is, there are proven methods of cloud of crowd disbursement. Very proven. You use tear gas. You use pepper spray. You create a perimeter. You maintain law and order. It's not a, a, for the safety of everybody in town, because this puts everybody's life in jeopardy for the safety of the community. And when you're looting and you're burning down buildings, uh, those are American jobs going down the tubes simultaneously. Anyway, joining us uh, now is Ami Horowitz, News Roundup Information Overload uh, Hour on the program He's on the ground. He's been in Minneapolis. He's watched a lot of this unfold, and we're going to get his firsthand experience. Ami, what's been going on there? It's, uh, Sean, it's great to be with you again. It, it's absolutely insane. I mean, you you know, I've been on your show to talk about the times I was in Ferguson. I was with, in the middle of ISIS. Now, those were scarier events, but this was not that far away, I, I got to say. Um, this was, to, to say it was volatile is really uh, an understatement. I mean, there was violence all around. Um, now, thank God the police and, and the National Guard were there in force, but they couldn't be everywhere at one time. And you saw cars being burned, homes being burned. At one point, I, I saw a man being beaten, by, an old man being beaten. I had to literally, if I didn't go there and grab this guy and, and, and stop him, this guy would have killed this old guy. I mean, it was... It was very, very chaotic. It was uh, very fast-moving, and it was very dangerous. Let's talk about, uh, in terms of organization, you get all these conflicting reports. Um, whether the Antifa, obviously, I, I think has been identified, Black Lives Matter, uh, as a group. Uh, part of it, there's talk about the Minnesota Democrats are, are trying to say that they're white supremacists, members of organized crime, out-of-state instigators, uh, yet the majority of people that have been arrested are Minnesotans. Um, not, not meaning they're not part of an organization, but, you know, there's been a lot of people saying they're they're bringing people in from outside that are organizing all of this. Have you seen any of that? So, so everybody that I spoke, nearly everybody, 95%, and I probably talked to 50, 60 people, were all local. And so let me say this about the organization. It's very difficult to know whether or not there was an organizing force. Uh, you just couldn't tell. I'll tell you what I did see, is that there clearly were elements of Antifa over there. I spent a lot of time with Antifa. I know these guys. Now, obviously, they're not going to walk up and say, I'm with Antifa. But you can get a sense of who they are. And I would say that at least 15, 20 percent of the people out there were Antifa related. Now, having said that, literally every person that I spoke with, right, when I, when I first began a conversation, they all began with the same trope. No, look, uh, I don't support violence. I don't support uh, anybody getting hurt. And all, Sean, all you had to do was scratch the surface a little bit, ask a couple of more questions, which in, in the media malpractice world that we live in, the mainstream media ain't doing. But if you scratch the surface a little bit, what I was able to see was that they all vocally supported the rooting. They vocally supported the rioting. They vocally supported for killing the police. I didn't have to prompt it. They were telling me this in this video that I'll have out tomorrow. It was 
scary. And now I'm not saying these people were doing the rooting, the, they were out there um, creating this havoc, but they were giving it space. They were giving it room to breathe. They were accepting of it. And that's kind of the problem. And it was almost universal, Sean. It was crazy with this, this rooting, this lighting was going on here. It was nuts. If you watch it, can you have, because we, we've been, obviously we've been doing our coverage on radio and on TV, and at night is when most of this is happening, and we've been doing it on Fox every day, every night. And I'm watching people, and, you know, I, tensions are so high. Why have the police taken this posture that they go so far out and allowed such a wide area for this to continue and not even enforcing their own curfews that they're putting in place? Trust me when I say it does not come from the police force itself. It does not come from the captains and lieutenants and, and the officers on the street. This absolutely are edicts that come from the higher up. And I was speaking with these police officers off camera, because they obviously don't want to be on camera, asking them, why are you giving these guys room to operate and to loot and to riot? And they were saying, we were told we got to back off. And that's exactly what, and that's Minneapolis, by the way. This is something that's been going on for a long time. This is an overreach. You know, you've heard the Ferguson effect. This is all part of that, where people are saying, we don't want to have the same problem. So let's give these guys room to breathe. And this is what's letting them tear down and burn down whole sections of the city and it's so sad i was watching i was watching people i saw these, this group of native american shop owners in minneapolis and they were out trying to protect what they had left they were already on their backs because of covid19 they were already on the cusp of being out of business and now a lot of these shop owners that i spoke to native americans right the people who have as little as anyone were just desperate to survive. And they had like a little coalition trying to survive. And they were talking about how their food bank was destroyed and, and, and looted. So, Sean, it is absolutely a terrible situation here. I don't know what we can do about it. All right. Ami Horowitz will be checking in. He's on the ground. Uh, was, last question. Was it a little better now that the guard was called up for last night? Yes. So it was not near. And I wasn't here the night before when it was really bad. But uh, for, there's no question about it. The National Guard came in and they got their job done. They were able to secure a whole bunch of locations and they made it safer. Having said that, it's a big city. They can't be everywhere. And there were fires and looting going on across the city. They just, they just couldn't get to it uh, on time. So, yeah, it was better, but still, it was pretty bad. All right, Ami Horowitz, uh, thanks for being with us. We appreciate your time, as always. 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Promised I'd get to the phones. We are doing that now. Uh, let's go to Jim is in New Jersey. Jim, hi. How are you? Glad you called, sir. Uh, hi, Sean. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, one of the observations I made uh, when I was watching several of the videos is that when, uh, when they finally got the knee off of uh, George Floyd and they brought out the stretcher, they put him, they, not that they were uh, dogging it, but it didn't seem like they were in too much of a hurry to get him on the stretcher. And then when they did, you would think that a man who was unconscious like that and the fact that supposedly the police did call for an ambulance, and I think they called a code two and then a code three, which means get there as fast as possible, that they didn't start CPR on him um, while he was on the stretcher because he was there for maybe a half a minute. And then they started rolling the stretcher toward the uh, ambulance. To and me, I, I've gone that, back and I've studied this. A, a lot of different ways from a lot of different angles. And what I see and what I'm seeing now 
is is very, very clear that it looks like he was unconscious for the last two minutes at least that he was on the ground. Remember, that we only have video of seven seven minutes, 55 seconds, but it happened before. So it's right. we're told it's closer to nine minutes. And if you watch the one of the most the hardest thing to watch in this is beyond watching the the, the knee on his neck is that when they put him on that stretcher. On that gurney, it's like they're holding his head up separately, and it, it, he's he's not conscious. He was gone. He's it's yeah, just he so sad and so unnecessary. You know, I always say, all right, the ninety nine percent. Look at all the cops now, and what they're going through, and communities what they're going through because of you know this stupid, you know, unnecessary, ridiculous uh, treatment of Mister Floyd. It should never happen. This is this is unconscionable. And look at the consequences. All right, as we continue, Sean Hannity Show News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Okay, let's say hi to Tim is in Denver, Colorado. Tim, how are you? We got a minute and 15. It's all yours. Okay, Sean, I was a police officer for 15 years uh, before I started my own company. And I went through the academy back in the mid-80s. And when I was in the academy, they mentioned positional asphyxia. And it wasn't, we didn't get the, too much training on it. I read, read about it on my own. And um, that's what killed, I'm sure that's what killed this individual. You and Sean, or uh, Rush and Trey Gowdy, everybody's pointing their finger at this man that had his knee on uh, George Floyd's neck. And I think you're going to find when the autopsy comes back that that had nothing to do uh, with Mr. Floyd dying. Uh, and then what happens if he's if 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 he's charged and then he's found not guilty? What's going to happen then? Uh, well, I mean, you know. you're not saying as a trained police officer that you approve of a guy's knee with a lot of weight on this on George Floyd's neck for eight plus minutes is uh, train part of any training because the training is just the opposite. You know, the, the, you're talking about the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy, someone's neck. No, as unnecessary and as distasteful and as it was. It's more than distasteful. The guy's head is pinned right. to the ground for an extended period of of time. He's screaming. He can't breathe. And he's already he stopped resisting in that moment. And, and, and you know, he's handcuffed at that point. You put him up on the other side of his body. You don't put your knee on his neck. You don't. You're not going to get a conviction on of murder when the autopsy says that his knee on his neck had nothing to do with his death. Okay, that's that would be murder one or murder two, which would you need an intent to kill number one uh, and premeditated for murder one for murder two. You had an intent to kill. They didn't charge him with that. They charged him with um, uh, murder three and manslaughter, which is reckless uh, handling in, in this particular case leading to death. Right. Sean, you know, you're you're overemphasizing the, 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 the neck, the carotid artery you mentioned uh, that you saw a video where somebody hit uh, in, in your uh, martial Look, arts know, training somebody. I know hit, asphyxiation hit is ruled out from a preliminary report. To me, it is it, there is no excuse for this. It is, you know, what are we ever maybe really ever going to know for sure what it was? Uh, maybe doubtful, but I'll say this. You cannot do this. This is not police. Tra- this is not a, a training if I learned by any police uh, squad in the in the entire country. But I've got to run a little behind here. 800-941. Sean, thank you for the call. How was last night? Scary. 
I live in the high-rise right back here, and I'd seen them as they came down Lake Street. But then they turned and started coming over here, and I'm sitting up looking in my, out my window. And they went straight to Office Max, the dollar store, and every store over here that I go to. I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. It's not going to bring George back here. George is in a better place than we are. And last night, I'm going to be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood. This is the only place I could go to shop. And now I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to get there. I know you mentioned, you know, being in your home last night and, and you and you did have some folks that were helping, you know, holding holding the ground. And you, and you see some cleanup right now as well. You know, there are signs of hope, but I can I can see the frustration still. <laughs> when the National Guard came down 31st and they realized that they were coming down 31st. They tried to run in the building where I live at and they couldn't get in because there was security there and I'm glad they were there because if they had got in that building, there's no telling where they would have hit and try to mess with us inside the building because we're a handicap. And I'm not trying to use handicap as a crutch, but there are certain things I can and cannot do. And for, for them to do what they did last night was just stupid. It was ignorant. Now, now what are you going to do? Where are you going to shop at? Half the, half the people probably don't even live in Minnesota. They don't care. Now, a very emotional uh, disabled Minneapolis resident, her name is Stephanie, describing things that this is what the aftermath of this all is where is she going to go shopping where 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 is she going to go what this this is impacting people on levels nobody's even thinking about and again we are trying to get the justice you know the president could not have been more clear repeatedly since this started expediting a doj fbi investigation in coordination with local authorities there uh, the arrest of the officer who put the knee on the neck of George Floyd has happened. Um, as the president said, he spoke to George's family, expressed the sorrow of an entire nation for their loss. Uh, further going on that, you know, this should never happen. This never, ever should have ever happened. And I totally understand. After watching this, I get angrier and angrier all over the country People saw that video and reacted with natural horror, anger, grief. It is uh, now, you know, to get this under control, none of it is going to be pretty either. Uh, all right, let's get to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program here, let's say hi to Bill Vancouver, Washington. Bill, glad you called. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Sean, big fan here. Uh, I just wanted to bring up the point that um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's up to the citizens now to when we see something like that happen, we have to step in. I, I mean, there was three or four people standing around video the whole thing. You know, all it took was two people put their phones down to, you know, kind of bum rush the cops. I mean, you, you're going to catch a charge. You might get tased. You might get maced. But the guy might live. You know, the guy's going to live. 
it's up to us to stand up for each other. You know, the cops, they're in their own gangs. I mean, cops, yeah, they, they have a job to take care of us, but they're going to look out for cops now. I mean, you, you see it. They're standing down. They're letting these people take over the cities. The cops are looking out for cops instead of looking out for the citizens like they should be. Look at what, you know, and thanks for the call. Look at what, you know, happened in New York City, you know, just in the last year. Cops being doused with water, cars being attacked, police officers. Um, a total lack of respect. I, you know, when I had Comrade Bill de Blasio, this useless mayor in New York on TV, and I said, all right, we have all the video. There's all the people attacking your officers. Are you going to use that video and have them all arrested? You know, this goes back. I've, I've always pointed out you have Ferguson, you have Baltimore, you have these incidents occur and then the looting occurs and you have videos of every single person involved in the in the looting. A little more difficult. Everybody now, if they're involved in this now, uh, is wearing a mask. But with that said, when you can identify people and you don't arrest them, it gives them license to just continue to do it. This is not this has nothing at that point to do in any way uh to to protest for justice for for George Floyd. It has nothing to do with him that. You know, looting is looting. Rioting is rioting. Uh attacking police officers is attacking police officers. You know, it, it's not that I have to say the 99%, maybe 98% of all cops are there to protect and to serve and do a good job every day and it's never easy to do what they do. I mean, they have no idea when they pull you over what is on the other side of that glass when they walk up to your side window? They don't know. And and that's why, you know, there, there's got to be mutual respect because in, in many ways, they are the, the last line of defense we have to total anarchy and chaos and to allow protesters and rioters and looters to get this out of control you know, it's what the president had to tell these mayors and governors. The, you know, everyone said, well, the president needs to now take over. Well, he's probably going to end up having to do their job again, just like he did with coronavirus, because they're not getting the job done to protect the safety and security of people in these cities where this is happening and protect property and protect businesses, because any rebuilding effort is now a monumental effort if it happens at all. And sometimes it doesn't happen. All right, let's go to Tom in New York, NYPD, 30 years on the force. Thank you, sir, for your service. Glad you called, sir. How you doing, Sean? Thanks for taking my call. I've been a big fan of yours for many, many years. Thank you, sir. Um, the reason I'm calling is because of your coverage on Wednesday night of the incident. You know, you were saying you were uh, showing the coverage uninterrupted. Uh, but it was interrupted. You know, they showed them taking uh, Floyd out of the car, putting against the wall, then walking to the car, the police car. But you never showed where he dropped to the ground or why the cause of what he went to the ground. I'm not uh, I'm not defending at all the actions of those. All right, let, let, let's assume there's a part of this between the one, the first video, the second video. And there seemed to be apparently there's a new video out that gives a different angle that might have shown some level of resistance, some level. OK. By the time we get to the video of the knee on the neck for seven minutes and 55 seconds straight, and that's not the whole video, so that means it's longer. Uh, As a cop, there's no cop that I know that looks at this video that says anything other than, what the hell is this guy doing? This this is That's a guaranteed death sentence if you put that kind of pressure on somebody's neck and pin it against the pavement. 
Well, we, we don't know how much pressure was put against him. I'm not I'm, again. I'm not defending the officer's actions. Well, we, we actually do though. Can. Hang on a second. If you if you look, Tom, real close. I've 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 watched this. I've slowed it down. I've slowed it down again. If you watch, there's a lot of pressure on the neck. You and I both know the most vulnerable part of a person's anatomy is the neck. You, you know, any any amount of pressure on the neck. If I got my arm in a rear naked choke around your neck, okay, and you probably know this from your training, if, if I, I could apply half of the pressure I'd be capable of, of putting on you and I can bring you, I, I could have you down, knocked out, unconscious in 15 seconds. You, you do agree with that? I mean, that's that that's the level of sensitivity we're talking about here. That's why, you know, I'm angry because every cop I know is trained not to do that. Right. I, I agree with that. But my, my problem was when when you were first telecasting it or broadcasting uh, the coverage, usually from uh, Fox, what you would hear is, you know, let the facts lead the investigation. Don't encourage public opinion to lead it. I mean, it, when that guy got out of this car, when uh, Mr. Floyd got out of his car, you could see he was unsteady on his feet to begin with. And then when he was taken over to the wall, he collapsed against the wall. Or they tell him to sit down. We don't know what happened there. And then on another channel, I saw a, a video from like half a block away where uh, Mr. Floyd either collapsed to the ground or or uh, was put to the ground. You don't know which. Um, and, and but, my, but, but during this, all right, let's say all of that's true. And, and there might have been some level of resistance at that moment. Again, his neck, his knee, the knee is on the neck, and he's pinning it down to the pavement. You can't do that without it becoming a death sentence for that extended period of time. And then you shouldn't have the foot on the, the knee on the neck to begin with. Right. You know, uh, and well, he's I, handcuffed. I'm not, I'm not defending what the officer did at all. What I, what I was concerned about was the, the fact that we don't have all the facts. We didn't have the autopsy at that point. This, this, this was dangerous, reckless behavior this is uncalled for it is unnecessary and it has and and look at the net result you served your community for 30 years i know you didn't go to work one day wanting to ever come home and having been involved in an incident with a loss of life am i i'm pretty confident that's true right 100 percent. i don't think any officer was and, and i don't think i don't think any officer does either and your job's hard too because there, there are people that will be violent towards you. You don't know what's going to happen in an arrest, right? Right, right. And, and, and when you arrest somebody, it's usually not very pretty. If there's a video of anybody being arrested that's offering any resistance, is that ever going to look good on video? Well, I, I think that's the point. One of the points is that optics matter. And this police officer putting his, neck, uh, his knee on that person's neck, from the very start, the first second he did it was the wrong thing to do. You know, you can restrain a guy a lot of different ways besides putting a knee on a, on a person's neck. But it, the point is, it just incites, it incites people. When we don't know the cause of death, it just makes people more outraged. Like the night after the, night after the uh, incident that you would broadcast, uh, the following night, Thursday night, Geraldo was on saying this is clearly a racist, racist-motivated incident by this white police officer. Geraldo doesn't notice this. This I don't remember Geraldo saying that. About, well, maybe no, not. A, if you go back at the at your clip from Thursday night, he, yeah. he says, it, and there's no reason for that because you don't know the first thing about this. He may be a tremendous racist, right. or he may not. He may be the greatest giving guy to 
all nationalities. You have no idea. Well, watch and the end of the video. Until you have all the facts to be Listen, I, 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 I have said these words, and I'll repeat them. And that is, I don't, I don't believe in trial by videotape, meaning not in a courtroom. I don't believe that you, you rush to judgment. Um, I ended up being right because that's been my motto forever. Um, and I was right on Ferguson and I was right on Baltimore and UVA and Duke lacrosse and Cambridge police, uh, Richard Jewell going back earlier in my career where everyone else in the media is wrong. But there's one thing this extended tape does. You cannot, I'm not going to turn a blind eye and I see it. We see with our own eyes what happened here. Never should have happened ever. Anyway, thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Uh, Jan is in Kansas City. Jan, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I just wanted to uh, call in and say hey, and uh, I agree with a couple of your previous callers. Um, It's been very disturbing to watch the video. Um, My ex is a cop and was part of Internal Affairs, so I understand a lot of the uh, logistics that they have to go through before charging and, and all this, but uh, back to one of your previous callers, he, he mentioned the fact that, and I agree with him, you know, if I was the person videotaping that, I, I, you know, I mean, just human nature, my God, it's like, you know, I, I would risk being stunned and arrested and whatever to try to have tried to help that guy. And I just, I do not understand what has gone haywire in our society where people are more willing to attend these protests and these riots just to get it on their iPhone so that they can then post it on social media. But that's beside the point. That's a whole other issue for a whole other day. But, um, yeah, the whole thing stinks to high heaven. Uh, your caller that All you right. just had previous, I tend to agree with some of his comments, too, or elements of it. There is a lot of investigation that still needs to go on. Um, do we have body cam? You know, I didn't see, I didn't see cameras I, well, on Well, no, I'll tell you one thing. We need it everywhere. We need, I think every cop has to be because it protects the citizens and it protects the police, protects everybody. Uh, then you get to see, you know, exactly what was said and what exactly what happens. But I got to run, Jan. Thank you. Appreciate your call today as well. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, full, complete, comprehensive coverage tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. We have reporters all over the country. Uh, Minneapolis, uh, New York City, uh, L.A., Philly, D.C., Seattle, Boston, uh, Chicago, and elsewhere. Uh, Dr. Baden will join us along with the attorney for the Floyd family. Their autopsy results. Leo Terrell, Larry Elder, 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.